welcome to the Sports Bros Podcast with your host, the head of creative, Eddie Cool. Also, the almighty B-Live and the money man, Scotty D. And now, without any further ado, here they are, the Sports Bros. What's going on, world? This be your boy, the head of creative, Eddie Cool, here at the Sports Bros Podcast. And guess what? Welcome to episode 18 of the Sports Bros Podcast. We want to give a big shout out to our listeners for being with us every week, listen to us rant and rave about the one thing that we all love, and it is sports. Duh. That's why you're here. But uh, all seriousness, thanks for hanging out with us on this 18 uh, episodic journey. We're getting close to 20, and I am highly, highly, highly excited. And the first introduction to the other part of the Sports Bros podcast, fresh off his appearance via telephone on the Stephen A. Smith radio show, The Almighty Beelive. Ah! <laughs> and the crowd goes wild. This be your boy, The Almighty Beelive. Man, that was something else to be a part of. All it took was calling and calling and calling and calling. After 17 tries, I made it in there. Persistence, baby. I'm in there. But, hey, I'm trying to get the word out. Sports Bro Podcast, we're going to be nationwide, worldwide. We're going to make it big one day as long as the money man acts right and decides he wants to be a part of the soccer fandom across the world. But, you know, we'll get him there one day. I I digress. Go ahead. Go ahead. And speak of the devil, the president of the Doris Burke and the Steeler Resolve fan club, the money man, Scotty D. In the summertime when the weather is high, you can stretch right up and touch the sky. (laughs) Guys, let me tell you something. Last week, I started by singing a little bit of Neil Diamond's America song. And everywhere I went the rest of the week, I saw people wearing red, white, and blue and American flag stuff. That just goes to show you the influence of the Sports Bros podcast. So this week, I sang Summertime, and I will be willing to bet everywhere I go this week, I'll see people wearing sunglasses, tank tops, and shorts. can bank on it. (laughs) The Sports Bros podcast, and especially me, the voice of me reaching out and spreading like wildfire here, Mean Gene. You guys are lucky to have me. Wildfire. Wildfire. Speaking of wildfire, that reminds me of uh, Tommy Wildfire Rich. Hey, somebody say something about getting fired up. <laughs> That's as, old... far, as far as that introduction with the soccer stuff, that, that little bit that you're throwing my way, we'll just go ahead and edit that out. We, we probably, listeners probably won't be even be hearing that stuff. Wow. Wow. Oh, boy. Here we yeah, go. You, you and your summertime and – America, yeah, that that's exactly why I decided to wear my red, white, and blue. It could have been because of the U.S. women's soccer team, you know, since you don't want to talk about it. I'm going to talk about it. But, you know, wait, wait, see, Eddie see, Cool. Right there, right there, right there. Eddie, get, go ahead, get control. I told you about this. Now. I can't wait to talk about it. <laughs> oh, boy, once again, I got to get the Amtrak train from out of the ditch and back up on the tracks. And speaking of, of backup on the tracks, guess what? Kawhi Leonard has finally decided, you know what? Toronto, it was good. 
The Lakers, man, I'm fine. I'm just going to go home and sign with the crosstown rival, the Los Angeles Clippers. He inks a deal for four years, $142 million. Oh, but guess what? The Clippers weren't done yet. They also pull off another move where they acquire Paul George from the Oklahoma City Thunder. Ooh-wee. This changes the complexion of everything. We're going to do a little different this time. Scotty D, what are your thoughts about the signing of Kawhi Leonard and the acquisition of Paul George? Well, let me tell you what I, first of all, what I like. I mean, obviously, as a Laker fan, I wanted to see Kawhi Leonard join the Lakers. That's just, that, that's nonsense to say that anybody wouldn't want him on, on their team. What I What I liked about it is that Going into the NBA next year for the first time in over a decade, we don't know who's going to be in the finals. For the last five years, we knew it was going to be the Warriors, and before that, we knew it was going to be the Heat when LeBron was down there with Dwayne Wade and Bosh. So him leaving Toronto not only opens up the East, but it levels out the West because had he gone to the Lakers, it would have been just like another Golden State situation. If I would have said name the, name the five best players or the ten best players in the NBA – you wouldn't have had to go too far down the list before you would have named LeBron, AD, and Kawhi, all playing for one team. So I, I like the fact that there's going to be a com- more competitive balance. I do like that. What I didn't like is I don't like how the players are basically rearranging the NBA. If, if he wanted to play for the Clippers, sign with the Clippers. If he wanted to play for the Knicks, sign with the Knicks. But the fact is – Oklahoma City just absolutely got blindsided in this. This is a team that that rolled out the red carpet for Paul George, gave him everything he wanted, and Paul George, in turn, wanted to be there. I mean, fair enough. A year ago, he said, "I want to be there." He didn't. He he didn't go to the Lakers last year, and everyone thought that was going to be what was going to happen. But for him to basically mess with another team, you, you know. Paul George didn't have any designs on leaving OKC until Kawhi said, can you get out of that contract? Can you get to L.A.? And so I, I didn't like that. I, I feel I feel for, for Russell Westbrook having yet another person ditch him. I feel for Toronto and that they, they went all in on Kawhi, and not only did they lose, lose Kawhi and they lost Danny Green, at least they have a trophy to show for it. But I, I'm just not a big fan of, of how all these players are now playing pickup basketball. Because Kawhi's not the only one that did it. You know, KD and Kyrie Irving, they're going on and, and playing together. And it just seems to be the norm of the NBA ever since LeBron joined forces with D-Wade and Bosh that the players now are friends outside of basketball, where before, prior to that, it seemed like guys wanted to beat each other. They wanted to be competitors. Now they want to be teammates. And I just – that's the only bad taste left in my mouth. I didn't like the way that that went down, especially when it comes to Oklahoma City. Yeah, long gone are the days where it was just Jordan versus Bird, and we're not trying to play together. We trying to, I'm trying to beat the brakes off of you. I'm not your buddy. I'm not your friend. We're going to shoot this little ha-ha funny commercial, but when we get on that basketball court, it's a whole different story. Exactly. Uh, something yeah. to note, um, Paul George is from Palmdale, California, and Kawhi is from Los Angeles, the city of Angels, California. So it's a homecoming for two of the top players in the NBA. B-Live, where you at on this whole Paul George, Kawhi, Kerfluffle, and everything else? Well, let, let me educate the other two-thirds of the Sports Road podcast and those listeners out there. 
This is what you call the collective bargaining agreement. The power is in the hands of the players. Gone are the days of owners sitting in the press, um, in the um, skybox, counting their money and just doing whatever they want to do. Gone are those days. The players now have the power, and guess what they want to do? They want to. They want to be here. They want to be there. Unfortunately, for certain franchises, they might not be the most attractive option. I applaud everything that Kawhi Leonard did because not only did he make it back home, which has always been a desire for him, he also shunned the Lakers, which was just a beautiful thing to me because <laughs> that was just wonderful because it it didn't even make any sense for it to be LeBron and then Anthony Davis and then that whole trade to get Anthony Davis sending pretty much every bit of their talent that they just picked up. But it's okay. It's okay. I get it. Kyle Kuzma's dating them. Dating the boss, um, dating the boss. All right, whatever, whatever. Oh wow! I, you, I, what, did, I know. Did you did you say he was a uh, was a side piece or something? Yeah, like oh, yeah, that, absolutely. Young thing. <laughs> oh boy. But no, I, I I say this for you, for Scotty D, for you to sit here and say "woe is me" when it comes to the Oklahoma City Thunder, they knew off rip when they picked him up from Indiana that that was where his heart was at. If you if you yeah, but he deep, signed a contract prior to last season. He he chose to stay there. He he went that way. They because as far, it, as, as far as they knew, he made a commitment to that franchise, and he didn't want out until last week. He was fine there. That's yeah. that's what I I don't I don't appreciate is him. That, try, that. Is Kawhi trying to bring someone? He he disrupted another franchise who already had their plan in place. Well, that's the that's the nature of the business. That's why it's called free agency. That's I, I get the, it. I understand, but the, but that doesn't mean I like it. That's what I'm, that's my point. Is I don't like how that well, how this structure is. Well, here's one thing that I thir- thoroughly enjoy about what Scotty D, the money man, likes and doesn't like. Man, we're <laughs> we are sand in the ocean. We are we are a blip on the radar, not even a blip when it comes to the nature of the business when it comes to the NBA. I there's certain things I, I definitely don't like, but I def um, this is one thing I do like. I like the power being in the hands of the players. Because we've seen firsthand when the power is in the hands of the owners and they and when it comes to owners that don't give a flying Oh boy, let me keep my expletives out of it. Because it the FCC the... won't let you be. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> because you've seen when owners, when they don't care about their fan base, when they don't care about the franchise, all they care about the almighty dollar, you see what happens with the product. So it's one of those things where I'm glad to see players take charge. Like, all right, you know what? Let's build something. Let's do some things together. We can do this. We can do that. They're doing the negotiations where 20 years ago, it was all general managers in a suit. Half of them never even played a lick of basketball and got handed something by mommy and daddy dearest that owned the team. Jenny, Jenny Buss, has she played a lick of basketball ever in her life? Rob Palenka, has he ever played a lick of basketball in his life? Yeah, he was with the Fab Five on Michigan's team. He played. What? When? What? Rob Palenka played with Michigan. He played what? He basketball. played the bench? Well, he played. <laughs> I mean, he knows basketball. <laughs> all right. Well, first of all, he doesn't know how to be a GM to start with because he didn't uh, no, clear I'm not, I'm not disagreeing with that. But no, I just, I think, yes, 
it, it might be a little bit disheartening to Oklahoma City, a little bit disheartening, but they knew. They knew the risk involved. They knew where Paul George's mind was at, and then the opportunity presented itself. And um, I'm not sure, I can't remember his name offhand, but he basically said, that, um, the GM of OKC basically said, hey, if you don't want to be here, all right, you know what? Let's let's make let's make some moves. Let's go. Let's get some draft picks and everything. OKC would be all right in a couple of years. They'll be they'll be all right five, six, seven, eight years down the line when they no, pick they, up some no, new... they won't because yeah, what, they what's going to happen is they're going to draft players and then their picks and New Orleans picks are going to say let's go play for the Lakers or let's go play for the Heat and then the same thing's going to happen. These these teams that that uh, that want to draft and develop players they're going to lose them now. Because these guys are just deciding they want to, who they want to team up and go to. Oh, if I say this, it's not a, it's not a direct recipe for success for um, teams to be building up and doing all this stuff. Because I mean, your small market teams are still the ones that are winning. Well, I don't know if you call Toronto a small market team in the, in the U.S. mindset, they're a small market team, but in Toronto is what ten, eleven, twelve million people strong. Yep. Yeah, I mean. <clears throat> It's a pretty big city in Canada, and, uh, and it's unfortunate for Toronto. But at the same note, they knew what they were getting when they, they got um, Kawhi Leonard, and Kawhi delivered. And that I mean, that's just, that's the business at the end of the day. Well, I, that's what I'm saying. At least Toronto, they they got their championship bottle. They 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 got a they got a title, so it paid off what they did in the short term. But in the long term, Toronto's not going to draw any free agents, and neither is Minnesota and Memphis and uh, and most of the other teams in the league. So you have to try to take care of your own players. But when your own players are are getting calls from other superstars to leave, it just makes it a very difficult competitive well, I, balance. I mean, I'm I'm gonna tell you how difficult it is though by my prediction for next year's um, NBA um, NBA champion. It's going to be the Milwaukee Bucks. Oh boy. It's not going to be. It's not going to be the Lakers. It's not going to be the Clippers. It's not going to be the Brooklyn Nets. It's not going to be the Pelicans. It's not going to be. Any, it's not going to be Toronto. It's not going to be all these teams that everybody's talking about. The okay, winner. Okay, so uh, is, it's going I'll, to be more. But I'll, your I'll argument. Take the field. I'll take the field. You I'll take the, the field. Buck. We'll bet. We'll bet Jr's fifty dollars that it's not the Bucks next year. We'll yeah, because JR, Jr's losing that bet, so I'm gonna, <laughs> I'm gonna have that fifty bucks. But see, here's the thing. So you're, you're saying that all these big market teams now, because the players want to play together, this, that, and that. If you're a good GM, look at Golden State. Look what they did before Kevin Durant. They drafted well. They built a market and a franchise out of nothing. I agree. They drafted mm-hmm. well. Milwaukee's doing the same exact thing. Look at what Milwaukee has. Look at their roster right now. If look it at w- it. But, but looking two years down the road, if, if they don't win a championship, Giannis is going to bolt. He's going to leave. It's, it's funny that it's funny that you bring some bring that up about Giannis because um, I think they, if I'm not mistaken, I think they just signed his brother Theodos. They did. Yep. Yeah. Yes, they did. Yeah, they they signed his brother, so that goes to show me that Milwaukee is doing what they can to keep him there because they know as well as everybody else do when the Greek freak leaves is back to being cold, dreary Milwaukee, Wisconsin. There ain't nobody, and there's not going to be a destination. No one's coming to Milwaukee. Once the Greek freak leaves, everything's done. Everything's done. Hey, in that case, just go ahead and start hey, getting ready for the Packers. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? That's right. 
But yeah, like I'm the the, the point that I want to make is that the players make the league. There's the excitement for the league and why the league is making the amount of money that it is is because of the power of the players. There's a reason right now that before the um, earthquake, people were packing out um, Las Vegas, whatever the arena that they were playing in. It's because it's the power of the players. People are there to see Zion Williamson against R.J. Barrett. And then the Lord Almighty said, let me shake things up real quick. And then (laughs) I digress on that. It's the power of the players, and I I applaud what the players are doing. And then there's still players out there that don't want to team up, and they still make teams great. Like look at look at um Denver, look at Utah, look at Portland. Um, Dame time said, "But hey, 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 y'all can do three all this teams who combined for no titles." Oh boy, but, here we go. Okay, <laughs> name name the teams that have won the titles the past ten years. You're saying the, the Miami they heat and Golden State. And Golden State didn't do it with a super team. They built one. Golden State was not a destination um, six years ago. It was not. Yeah, that, yeah really Gordon. Durant went there. That was his destination. He joined. They, did dra- I say, they drafted and put together a great team, and they had a superstar, and KD left and went there to be yet another but six years. Six years ago, they weren't a destination. So that's what I'm like. That's where that's my argument right there is the fact that just because players are teaming up and going here, there, and everywhere doesn't mean that a franchise can't put together something and make something magical. Again, watch Milwaukee this year. They were they were they were a snippet away from beating Toronto, but Toronto's defense lined up and freaking they said shut down Giannis, the Greek freak, shut him down. Now, guess what Milwaukee's going to do? I'll make some moves. Chris Milton's going to be a freaking rock star there. Freaking the Lopez brothers. You got two sets of brothers. Both of them. Yes. Yeah, you got two sets. That's right. You got Brooke Lopez, Robin Lopez, and you got the um, the Antetokounmpo. (laughs) Yes. You got Eric Bledsoe. I mean, that's that's the beauty of what's going on. And there's a lot of hype behind it. Free agency even brought even more hype. I love the way everything is orchestrated now. That's like you said, and I'm using your argument that there's no super team. There's no bona fide. Some somebody is automatically going to make it to the finals. Thank you, um, Kawhi. You saved the NBA this season, and it's going to be absolutely wonderful to watch, sir. Yep, some balance uh, was restored to the league. Also, think about it on that Clippers uh, staff. You got. Kawhi played defense, and Patrick Beverly playing defense. And then you got Paul George who plays defense as well, too. So they're going to have to play defense. So it's going to be hell trying to play against the Clippers. They have an all-around team, and I think they're good to go. Oklahoma City got a bunch of bodies over there. But that's that's real interesting and unique, unique trade. I'm telling you, boy, Jerry West, <laughs> wheeling and dealing. The question has to be asked, what's going to happen with Russell Westbrook? I tell you what's gonna happen with Russell Westbrook. Nothing. And I'll tell you why. You know what? It's real good for three consecutive seasons to average a triple double in points, assists, and steals. That's great, good, cool, fine, and dandy. But does that win you the championship? No. You will not have no dip on your chip. You will be you will have naked fingers. You will be ringless because there's no way in hell that one man can play power forward, point guard, center, all in one night. 
even though Russell Westbrook makes it look possible, there's no way in hell that he can do that. Because you know it's serious when he's fighting his own teammates over rebounds. I'm not here to question his heart, his de- determination, and his drive. But damn it, you got other guys on the team that are willing to play those positions as well, too. So has averaging a triple-double won anything for anybody but a bunch of games and an early exit in the playoffs? That's about the only thing it does. As far as winning championships, eh, eh, it hasn't done it none whatsoever. So what do you guys think Russell Westbrook will wind up at? He's going, he's going to the Heat. He's, he's going to he's going to the Heat and joining Jimmy Butler, and they're still not going to do anything. Who would want him? I'm just I saying. Mean, I'm just saying. Like on some nights, you may have to, you know, take over the game. But every every night, dude, come on now, come on. You got other teammates. Let you know they it's like this. Maybe it's a classic case of them not stepping up and him overcompensating for him for them not stepping up. That's another yeah. thing you got to take into consideration too. When no, see the thing about it is with that when Kevin Durant was there. Russell shot the ball more than Kevin Durant, which is ludicrous. Yeah. All right. And speaking of, we're going from people not having rings to people winning championships. Uh, the women's national soccer team. Hey. What's up, Scotty D? USA. They, USA. There we go. They defeat the Netherlands 2-0 to win their fourth World Cup in team history. It was a thing of beauty. The ladies did it. They done it. And the winner of the Golden Boot goes to Megan Rapinoe, a.k.a. the Steeler. Well, I'm not going to say she stole Randy Orton's celebration, but, yeah, she was the leader of the team. She had, uh, had a big role in the team, did it real big. B-I-G, ginormous. Shout out to big homie Rapinoe. She did that. She did that. Scotty D, what you think about it? This might be real short. Watch this. <laughs> I thought I thought this was interesting. In 2009, there was a study done of navel lint showing that the belly button fluff is predominantly blue in color. And it's mainly because a large portion of our clothes are bluish or gray. And the jeans and the fibers from the jeans and the shirts ultimately work their way into your belly button. And blue is the predominant color. Why do I got a feeling you actually looked that up? I'm a trivia guy. <laughs> yeah, I'm leaving that in the show. I'm damn sure leaving that in the podcast. Look, I'm glad the women won. I didn't watch it. I was glad when Lance Armstrong won the Tour de France, but I didn't watch him pedal up a mountain. You know, I'm just uh, good for the USA, but I'm not watching that boring sport. Sorry. All right, be live. Oh, my God. Scotty D, you never cease to amaze me. Man, I I will say this. I'm I'm ecstatic for the US women's team. They definitely proven themselves to be um of course elite and they now join Germany as the only countries that have won back to back women's world cup. From all the controversy, all the talk, all the showboating and everything, it's one of those things that that sort of makes US of A exactly who we are. We are not the <laughs> the world favorites <laughs> in anything. Exactly. Because, I mean, we, we have a tendency to upset other countries by our um, demeanor, by the way we carry ourselves. But we are, we are America. We're and, heels, baby. <laughs> heels. Yeah. He's a heel. 
<laughs> and it was one of those things. So just wa- watching the ladies play. One thing I will say that leap is leaps and bounds makes me very happy about their victory and everything. It's just the legacy that they leave behind. Women's soccer in the United States is leaps and bounds much better than any other country in the world, and it shows the amount that's invested into it. And that's something that I thoroughly enjoy is that when we invest into our youth, invest into our up-and-coming talent, and giving the young ladies uh, in the country a platform and something to strive for is absolutely amazing. So I, um, that's the one thing that excited me more than anything about that. I'm going to talk a little bit later. I'm going to throw some pepper on this topic. <laughs> you like that little segue? I'm going to throw a little pepper on this topic gotcha. as well. But it was, it was an amazing, amazing, hard-fought effort from the ladies. And they did proven to be the best in the world. The best in the world. Don't pass out, be loud. Nah, we got nah, it. Please I didn't, I didn't, don't pass I out. Didn't, I didn't take a deep breath because I wasn't gonna I wasn't gonna try it. But uh, I mean I could I could surpass uh was it um Robinson, what's his name from WWE? I see uh Greg Greg Hamilton. Greg Hamilton, what whatever the dude's name is. I, I can do better than him. But then again huh. I digress. <laughs> we, we digress. We digress. And shout out to the women's for getting it done. Men, I'm going to need you to do better. Okay? I'm going to need you to do better. All right? You lost 1-0 to Mexico in the CONCACAF uh, Cup. What, uh, a heart, what a heartbreaker that was. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus. I can't. <laughs> See, all right. I'm, I'm, lost I'm, a nail-biter. I'm... <laughs> I'm going to save the podcast. I'm going to save the podcast. Ladies and gentlemen that are listening across the world, um, the sport of football, soccer in America, is not necessarily the most intriguing thing to two-thirds of um, the pie, um, the Sports Bros podcast, but your boy, the almighty be like, will come through because I, I, I love the sport. I, lo- I love playing it. I, yeah, yes, I played a little bit of um, played a little bit of soccer. Just <laughs> oh boy, you know. I know I might not fit the mold, but yes, I did play it. But and I want to say this because I did watch the entirety of the men's game as well. And man, they just they were knocking on the door so many times, and I oh, felt like so close. Scott, you cut you you cut you they you almost scored. Yeah. God bless. Them, if, if you uh. You uh, won't, you, uh, won't, you won't let me have this segment. You, you, Eddie Cool, you wait. I'm so what, sick. What? <laughs> wait a minute, quick, quick reference point of to see money man, to see the money man Scotty D's thoughts, opinions, and reactions to the uh, sport of soccer. Just watch his edition of Scott's thoughts, and you'll see what he thinks about football. How he, he how, he, how, he, how he disrespects. Um, snack of popcorn. I love popcorn, by the way. But no, I I want to say because it was it was exciting. One thing I will say because um the um Gold Cup was in Chicago, and um did sound like there was more fans of Mexico than there were United States in Chicago. I'm not surprised. That's because we don't care. <laughs> we, who is we this? We don't care. Who? Okay. Who is if, that, if that Who is this game, I'm going to tell you if that was a gold cup, if that gold cup game would have taken place in the parking lot in front of my house, I wouldn't have gone outside <laughs> to watch it. 
<laughs> boring. It's soccer. Can we please talk about sports again now? Now we get that out of the way. Oh man! So so here we go. Um, we we're gonna have this debate where the be or with the Almighty be live and the Money Man Scotty D, where they just fight to the death about soccer. Um, also, real quick, I didn't. I had no idea how big of a rivalry. Um, the New York Red Bulls and the Atlanta United was had no idea how big of a rivalry it was until I saw yesterday. Oh yeah, you can throw their records right out the window whenever they face each other. That's a big time rivalry. Speaking of getting tossed around, let's go ahead and segue <laughs> to UFC two thirty nine. Yes, UFC two thirty nine, a very entertaining and hard hitting as Ben Askren hard hitting card. All right, since I kind of gave it away. Jorge Masvidal destroys Ben Askren Woo! as he eats a knee. Yes, as he ate. eats a knee. Ate it. Salt, pepper, sriracha, fork, spoon, eats a knee and catches an L five seconds into the first round. Wow. And there's a backstory behind that. I don't oh, know yes. if I don't yeah, know if yeah. anyone knows. Um, I guess um, Ben Askren just spent all this time talking trash, talking cash money, you know what, to um, Jorge, just calling him George. Just just being stupid. Just being real dumb. And in the words of Cat Williams, you should have been talking all that. You know what? And <laughs> next thing you know, the guy runs at you. I'm trying to figure out like, how in the hell you see a man run at you with a knee and you put your head down. Anybody want to tell me in the words of Shula uh, King, why, why do you put your head down when you see a knee coming at you? He never saw it, man. If you look at the replay, he he was expecting Masvidal to shoot, I think, and that's why he was going down almost for like for a sprawl. I don't think he was expecting the guy to come racing at him like a bullet like that. But man, what a perfect connect! I've never seen. Well, obviously, no one's ever seen that before because that was the fastest in UFC history as far as a knockout goes. But yeah, man, it couldn't happen to a nicer guy. I mean, ben Askren, <laughs> you know, that's what he gets. You know, I watched, I watched him fight uh, and he was undefeated by the way, but he's only been in the UFC for a short time, but uh, his last fight, he fought Robbie Lawler and Robbie Lawler is a heavy handed monster. And he had Askren just about knocked out and he survived. And he ended up winning on a very controversial decision. I don't know if you saw this, but he had Lawler in a headlock. And the referee thought Lawler went limp. And as soon as he let go, Lawler popped up. And nothing you can do about it at that point. But afterwards, when he was asked if he would fight Lawler again, he he brushed him off. He's yelling at Dana White, is that the best you got? Well, dude, you got the best. You, you got a better uh, a better shot the other night, and you paid dearly for it. Five seconds. Five seconds. That was a record knockout. So it couldn't happen to a nicer guy. Having said that, I was actually worried about the dude because he, I mean, he looked rough. Even when he came to, he didn't know where he was at. But when they went off the air, he was still in la-la land. So I, I, I don't like seeing somebody's uh, in, in that danger, that kind of danger, because that could be life-altering. That kind of, I mean, that's just like getting hit with a, a club in the head. I mean, he just got, it was full force. But um, I, I, did, I didn't feel bad that he's the one that was victimized. I was, I was going to be rooting for Masvidal in that fight for sure. So where are you at? Friday. Friday. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> be like, what do you think about this whole fight here between uh Ben Funky Askren and Jorge Masvidal? Let me let me let me let me try this out. I'm gonna try this out real quick. Um, because this is an it's an old 
school saying that don't write a check um, uh, with your mouth that your that your butt can't cash. Exactly. Pretty that, much. Is, 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 I think that's how that's how it goes. Oh my goodness. Yeah. <laughs> I was unfortunate where I didn't get to see it live. But the that knee shot was heard around the world so much. I mean, my social media blew up that I had to find a way to grasp the highlight from it because I I was at work and nothing really was going on. I mean, he needs was, some milk. <laughs> I'm over here scrambling. Hey, what is going on? Because I'm getting I'm getting text messages, Facebook messages. I'm seeing stuff pop up on my Twitter feed, Sports Bros PCAST. Had to throw that in there. <laughs> I was while I was looking at it, I was trying to keep up with it. And I was like, wait a minute. Oh, whoa, whoa, whoa. Re- rewind. And then I finally saw it and I was like, oh my God. Yep. <laughs> it, it, that's something that's so exciting about the world of mixed martial arts. Yes, it it cut the um card a little short then um almost reminded me of one of those Mike Tyson boxing matches that you paid such and such amount of money for and you it was over in the first round and you was like, Well, good lord. But yeah. <laughs> it's, but that it's, that card the other night was full of it was loaded. It, it was loaded. 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 Yeah. So I mean we saw Holly Holm go out go down in the first round to Amanda Nunez who is officially now the baddest woman on the planet. Oh, yeah. Because she has now defeated Ronda Rousey, Holly Holm, who bo- and Misha Tate. All three were the champions in that. She's beaten everybody who's ever been a champion in that 135 UFC weight division. And on top of that, she beat Cyborg and knocked her out in the first round. There is no question. This They're going to have to start putting her in against the dudes, man, because she's just cleaning <laughs> yeah. out the women over on that side. She's not just a man you do now. She is Mandy two belts. Yeah, yeah, she got the two belts, and she's she's just an absolute beast. That card was so crazy because Diego Sanchez fought in that card, and his fight was actually the most boring one of the five on the main card, and he's usually the guy who's out there throwing the most hands. But between those two fights, and then um, John Jones actually absolutely laid a clunker, in my opinion. It, it, it reminded me a little bit. I remember when, when Floyd Mayweather was, was first coming through the boxing ranks and he was just uh, – he was hungry and just beating guys and throwing hands. And then after he got to a certain point, he started being more of a defensive fighter. And and, and to his credit, you couldn't beat him because he was faster or more skilled and smart the way he played it. And I, I got that sense with John Jones the last two times I've watched him fight is he wasn't out for blood as much as he was just to try to point his way through and – kind of coast of victories and he got lucky the other night because he, he won a split decision but he's he's fortunate that one more judge didn't give one more round to the other guy or he would have walked out of there without his belt yeah champions advantage and that exactly happened with that um fight um i wanted to make it a make a point as well um with the uh, nunez um holly home fight did anybody see um See something a little similar to when Holly Holm beat um, Ronda Rousey. How so? Yeah, I think because it looked like um, Amanda Nunez when she that kick that she put oh, on. when she kicked her. Yeah, yeah, it looked exactly the same. Like it, 
I want to catch those two clips and put them side by side. The way that Holly Holm caught that caught that kick and laid back, it looked exactly like when she caught um Ronda Rousey. So I want to I want to pull up those videos. I'm gonna look back at that because it, it. But Amanda Nunez, absolutely the baddest woman on the planet, without question. And I want to say about the um, John Jones fight. Um, that was such a technical fight um, with um, Santos. Santos was catching him with the inside leg kicks, and mm. that took a lot of the um, John Bones Jones mantra out of it because oh, like, for he, sure. for he sure. was he definitely felt those kicks, and you can tell. And if I'm telling you right now, if it wasn't for his knee buckling, yes, I went and did the research. It was, it was his knee buckling. Scotty D is right again. All oh. right. Uh-oh. I give credit to where his credit is due sometimes. <laughs> but anyway, but if his knee didn't buckle, Santos wins that fight easily. Yeah, I think I think so. So you, or, so you got or, so, but, may, but maybe it could also have been that that Jones seeing that the, his opponent had a knee injury. Now he didn't attack it, but he also I think felt a little bit more secure in that because you know, there was no sense of urgency because he didn't feel threatened. He didn't feel like he was in any danger. But he was down, I think, two rounds to none. And he was on uh, – I heard that out of the three judges, they all scored the first and third the exact same way, mm-hmm. which was Santos for the first, Jones for the third, and then the, and two, four, and five were all scored differently. None of those were identically scored. But if one more judge would have seen it Santos' way, and it's possible that with the, with the injury – he would have, you know, been able to do more damage to Jones and steal one of those other rounds. Then, yeah, we could have had a new champion. And Jones just looked in, looked to me uninspired, like he was just trying to coast, coast and get out of there. Yeah, get out of there. So you mean to tell me? So I'm looking at Tiago Santos. I'm like, wow, this dude is a house. And you mean to tell me he's 205 pounds? He was. He was too. He was 205 it pounds. Yeah. Yeah. You mean tell have... me? You mean tell me he's? Too, I'm looking at him. I'm like, there ain't no way in hell. This big ass. The dude's a house. I'm like, I'm no small man myself, but I can look at him and be like, man, you, you're not a little man. <laughs> no, and and he's known for his knockout power, which is another thing. Why did Jones not get him to the ground at all at any point? He never even attempted to take him down. And you would think that would be what he would want to do to neutralize his. His opponent's biggest strength, and he never did that. I even heard at the end of the first round, his corner said, "I'd like to see you shoot in at his hips," and he never did it the rest of the way. Yeah, a, a, a guy like um, if if you're a knockout artist, and if you don't, best way to not to get knocked out is to avoid the punch and put that joker on the ground because he yeah. can't knock you out from the damn ground. Cannot knock you out from his back. Can't cannot do it. But overall, um. UFC 239 was very entertaining. And Ben Askren, try again, player. Yeah. Move, speaking of trying again and moving on to our favorite section of the show, the choices of the voices. You guys know how we do it. Scotty D posed the question, and you guys provide the answers, and it's very entertaining. So, Scotty D, what is the question for the choices of the voices? The question coming into the, into today, what athlete from the past would you like to see compete in today's athletic world? And we have a lot. We have a lot going on. In the, uh, and I want to thank you guys for putting your responses in one place. One place. I appreciate it. I was able to find everything. Keep on doing it. Keep on doing what you do. All right. Mike Davis says, Larry Johnson, 
grandmama, not running back from the Kansas City Chiefs. He said he was a beast in college, and his first few years before injury slowed him down. Yeah, grandmama, yeah, Larry Johnson was that dude for quite some time. Oh, yeah, and he would compete well with today's, today's, it fit in pretty well. J.R. Speak says, Joe Montana and Dan Marino in football, and in basketball, he said, George Gervin, the Iceman, Dr. J, and Moses Malone. Yeah, those are good responses. Uh, Iceman was very creative. You know, yep. he, he fit in, in in the flashier style of the NBA. And Marino and Montana were really kind of the guys that, that transitioned the old school style of quarterbacking into slinging it around the yard a little bit more. So, for sure, they would uh, they'd be in their element in today's NFL, I think. Yep. Um, Dan, Dan Marino would have 7,000 yards <laughs> passing and 100 touchdowns if he played this jump. Um, this year's NFL because it is is a pass happy league. The quarterback is so protected. So I mean that it would be very interesting to see those styles in today's game. So so it, and it's one of those things where like yeah he he his records would be just ridiculous at this point. So I definitely agree. I would love to see that because it is the. Um, the era of the quarterback when it comes I'm, to the NFL. I'm with you on that, B-Live. I can easily see him passing for 7,500 <laughs> 7, and get, like, what, damn near 100 touchdowns. I mean, think about it. He was the first one to pass for 5,000 yards. So it's kind of like, you know, oh, break my own record? Hold my beer. Yeah, <laughs> right. this. yeah that's what uh, the almighty Dan Marino. Just a damn shame he never won a Super Bowl. Um, Jim Hansen, shout out to Jim Hansen. He said Barry Sanders. Barry Sanders, you could plug into any era. Yeah. That little, dude, that little dude, he'd scoot through anybody. You couldn't find him. He's out there just just working his way through the cracks and crevices of defenses, man. He yeah. Oh, and I'm not quite I'm not quite sure. I'm gonna do a little bit more research. Why did Barry Sanders end his career so abruptly? Because he still had if I'm not mistaken, he still had like four or five more years in his tank. And he just like he just stop playing. I've heard a couple stories, and that's why I don't want to quote something right now. But like, there was—I heard there was some miscommunication between his agent and the GM of the team, and they thought that he retired. He re- he retired early, bro. He was playing for the Lions. It was time to go. <laughs> yeah, it was time. Yeah, yeah. That was yeah. And and they were atrocious at the time. It's like you know what? I'm gone. I'm out. I don't need to be here no more. Yeah, I'm reading a, um, an article that says on. Uh, July 27th, 1999, Sanders announced he was retiring from pro football. His retirement was made public by faxing a letter to the Wichita Eagle. Wow. His hometown newspaper. Um, He left on his own terms. He left healthy, having gained over 15,000 yards, the highest total at the time uh, by NFL player in a 10-year span. Uh, Let's see, 109 touchdowns, uh, 99 rushing, 10 receiving. Um, yeah, he said it was just, let's see, Sanders' retirement came somewhat expectedly and what was a matter of controversy. Two years earlier, he had renewed his contract. Okay, here we go, Be Live. He renewed his contract with the Lions for for $34.56 million over six years with an $11 million signing bonus. The Lions demanded that he return $5.5 million of the bonus Sanders said, nope, the Lions sued, and on February 15, 2000, an arbitrator ruled that Sanders had to immediately replay, 
pay replay one point three one point eight three million dollars a sixth of the bonus and remain to be replayed over each of the three years Sanders had left on his contract. Yeah, it got ugly. Wow. Just now, like Calvin Johnson. That's what I was about to say. That's exactly what I was about to say. What is going on with the Detroit Lions? Because they have had, like, literally, Barry Sanders could easily be number one in the record books. Same with Calvin, Calvin Johnson. If he had continued to play, what, what is going on in Detroit that these mega superstars? I'm I'm adding some adding some things to the to the um, name. Why why now they. In the, and I'm talking about in the prime of their careers. Yeah. They're like, yeah, you know what? I'm good. I'm out. Because the year before, he was the NFL MVP and the Offensive Player of the Year. That's crazy. Yeah. Like I said, Calvin Johnson, if he was still playing, he, I believe Jerry Rice and his records would be in trouble. Oh, uh-huh. deep trouble. Deep trouble. <laughs> deep, deep trouble. All right. Back to the choices of the voices. I like this one. Martin Tracy said, bring back Chocolate Thunder. Daryl Dawkins. Just by bringing up Chocolate Thunder, the the backboard smasher, uh, Matty Ice there, Martin Tracy gets out of the penalty box. Yep. Yep. All you had to do is give us one good name and you're out. That was that was a unanimous decision, Mr. Matty Ice, Martin Tracy. We 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 thought about it. Like, yes. We wholeheartedly agree. Way to redeem yourself, sir. You're and, out, but you're not far away from it. And it was, <laughs> and it was, and here's a little stat: it was Daryl Dawkins that led to the NBA to adopting the breakaway rims. Due to him busting up these backboards, cost him a bunch of money on two occasions in 1979. Um, here's another interesting kind of like what the hell moment. He got his nickname from Stevie Wonder. Huh. Any, anybody? Anybody? Move right along. <laughs> From Stevie Wonder. I'm just saying, moving right along. Ill, Will Berry said, Ted Williams. He said he would love to see teams try to shift against him and watch him, Ted Williams, make them look stupid. Mr. 400 himself, Ted Williams, Teddy Ballgame. Yeah, I like that answer because that is a. Uh... That actually kind of inspires my answer, which I'll give you in a few minutes. But yeah, I mean, the game of baseball has changed so much. Actually, more recently with the with the defensive shifts, and Ted Williams, you know, he was a, I mean, he hit for better average than anybody. So I'd love to see what Ted Williams would do against today's pitching. Yeah, think about him and Joe DiMaggio, especially with that fifty six game hit streak. From the looks of it, fellas, I think that's one record that will not that fifty six game hit streak. Never. No. <laughs> They, I mean, you, you know, you, I mean, what you, as soon as we see something about a 20 game hit streak, okay, our ears perk up. And if I think the only time we should consider anyone threatening that number is when they get to 45 games. And I will, I don't see that happening. No, no P Rose got the 44. Was, yeah. That was the next closest. Yeah. And then that's it. And then that's it. Because and then, and then Pete Rose um, placed a bet on himself to get that 45th one. And, and, <laughs> oh, sorry. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah that, he, he jinxed himself on that one. Uh, let's see. Rodney Bellamy, he gave us a nice loaded one as well, too. In the NBA, he would love to see Magic Johnson, Larry Bird, and Michael Jordan. Wow. Icons of the 80s going into the 90s. 
playing in today's NBA and in the NFL, Lawrence Taylor and Larry Zonka. LT would be be raising hell in any era, I think. He yeah. was the he was the innovator of that position, that edge rusher. So I, I think LT would definitely stack up with anybody you put out there today. And then according to Scotty D's logic, Magic, um, Bird, and Michael Jordan would all be playing on the same team. They would, yeah. They'd be a super team. <laughs> they, they, they play, they, all playing in L.A. together. They, yeah. No, they'd they, they go play on, on the Orlando Magic. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, they would, they would go play on Orlando Magic. And Uncle Max, Uncle Max, the show's favorite uncle, he selected Muhammad Ali. Now, B-Live and Uncle Max, they had an interesting discussion. And so, B-Live, would you like to elaborate on that? Yes, absolutely. And I I will say, Uncle Max, I agree with you 100%. I just thought it would be, um, be intriguing to see a Muhammad Ali Tyson Fury match. Just, and I, um, trying to remember... I think it was one of my videos that I um, put out there for what happened Wednesdays, Wednesdays. <laughs> that um, I compared the two just the way the little rope of dope and how they dance and how they um, they're both very skilled and technical fighters. I think that it would be very interesting. We always have that nostalgia about the um, older ages of any sport and the talent level and what it took and everything like that. And would it compare to the new age, the millennial type situation that we face today? I think when it comes to the overall individual talent, like um, and agility and speed, I think today's athlete is a little bit more athletic than 34 years ago because there's been such advances when it comes to technology, when it comes to fitness, when it comes to exercising so forth. And that's why I I made a little bit of comparison because I also thought I just I love the art form of it. I really did and but yeah, I think Muhammad Ali would um be the victor. I think it, his endurance level would would be a little bit more like and and just just the way Muhammad Ali just carried himself. He he was going to be the best man in that ring, bar none, regardless of what anybody said. He was going to outthink, outmaneuver his opponent. So I will give that. I will give that victory to Uncle Max and Muhammad Ali. But it would definitely be very intriguing. It would definitely be something that the bo- the boxing world desperately needs. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I agree. the 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 thing is, though, the modern heavyweight is so much bigger i mean joe frazier was uh, was ali's biggest rival he was 511 205 fury is 69 250 deontay wilder 67 220 i mean these guys are they're, they're growing them bigger these days right yeah. something in the food gotta be something yeah and i think food. ali was 63 around 230 like, like some somewhere in that area but yeah, yeah it'd, be, it'd be it'd be nice to see uh the the, the more skilled heavyweights Taking on the big bulky heavyweights, it'd be it's it's contrasting styles, really. Yep, that is true. That is true. So shout out to Mike, Jr., Jim, Martin Tracy, Ill, Will Berry, Rodney Bellamy, and Uncle Max for coming through as they usually do in the choices of the voices. But before we go to the question for next week's show, uh, Scotty D, 
who would you select? Who would you like to see play in today's sports? Uh, you know, it's, it's, I was thinking about, I kept going back to the NBA for some reason and thinking how, how it would be to see Wilt Chamberlain in today's game or Pistol Pete, you know, those guys, I think both of those guys would translate easily into today's game. But I would just love to see how Babe Ruth would go against today's pitching. Oh, wow. And, yeah, and, and not only that, I never got to see Babe Ruth play. So I'd love to see Babe Ruth play. Just, you know, all these guys, you know, I just like to see them with my own eyes because, you know, that's a whole bygone era. But um, Babe Ruth obviously was known for his power. And today's game, a lot of guys are, are hitting with that same kind of power. And how would Babe Ruth match up against today's pitchers? Would he still be hitting those big home runs? Would he go on a diet and try to get in shape like today's modern baseball player? Because he wasn't. He wasn't that. You know, the the advantage that they had back in those days was less travel and yep. a lot more day games where you're seeing the baseball better probably than under some of the lights. But, um, yeah, it would be interesting. And, and I can't say either way. I don't know. I, I can't say that I know that Babe Ruth would be in today's game uh, as good a hitter. You know, the, the more developments have happened with pitching, you know, more different types of pitches to, to look for. I, I think he would adapt because that's just what that's just what you do when you're an athlete. But I think it, I think it'd be really cool to see Babe Ruth stepping in there against Max Scherzer or Justin Verlander. That would be awesome. Mad Max. Yeah, I was. Um, yeah, I, I'm thinking about, you know, the Babe Ruth trying to play in, uh, in baseball today. You know, you have to cut back on smoking those Tampa Nugget cigars and eating donuts and eating. Bur- yeah, you're gonna have to. Uh, <laughs> you have to try, it, babe. So, uh, I mean, who knows, man? Maybe you know him just having a bad diet that might have been of a that might have been a catalyst to his power. You know, big boy. You know, full of food. You know, because he was not the Adonis. He didn't have a body of Adonis of a Greek god. You know, he was out. You know, George Herman Ruth just had a baseball. Uh, just had a baseball bat, and he just had an uncanny ability to hit the ball from. <laughs> from home plate to the stands with hangovers. Yes, with hangovers. <laughs> hangovers and forty minutes of sleep. <laughs> Be like, what you got? I've I've thought about this, and it could go a lot of different directions. But I gotta stay hometown and true to it. With it, I would like to see the domination of the Atlanta Braves pitching staff today. Oh, the whole staff. Smoltz, Glavin. Yes, sir. Greg Maddox, Steve Avery. Like, I would like to see. And it it might not necessarily be them. Yeah, well, actually, it would um, be them. But I would like to see what a team would do this day and age with such a dominant pitching staff. I always look back in the 90s Braves, and I'm like, man, if we had just had, like, just one more position player that really cranked it out. Like there, we had some players. We had your, um, we had your David Justice. You had your Ron Gant, Fred McGriff. Um, you, you, we had some hitters, but it we just it just fourteen years straight we won the pennant. We only got one World Series out of it. I would like to see my old Atlanta Braves pitching staff with my new Atlanta Braves um, position players and watch the domination. The Braves would win it every single year, chop on, fear to chop. That's what I would love to see. I would love to see just a that dominating pitching staff and see how they would be able to do in um, the, today's baseball world. 
Yeah, because I'm looking at, let's see, uh, we're looking at Greg Maddox, Tom Glavin, John Smoltz, Steve Avery, and Kent Merker on the back end. Yeah. Ooh, we not many brand pitched. He he started for a couple years too, I think. Yep, and then you had Mark Wallers uh, as a closer as well too, and so it. Ooh, boy, that's a. Uh, that's that's a tall. I mean, think about it. If you're okay, like you know, one day, you know, like you know, you, you got three game series. Game one, Greg Maddox. Okay. <laughs> game two, Tom Glavin. Game three. John Smoltz. It's like what, what the hell? <laughs> what the hell? Should I even should I even get up off the bu- get off the bus at this point? Try to dress up at this point? I mean, like like come on. But I mean that that was a, you know their 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 um their pitching was key to their dominance in the nineties, man. In the nineties, especially the year they won it, they were ninety and fifty four. Yeah, ninety and fifty four, and they just had their way with just everybody. Just, just should have been against the law. Should have been bad. Should have been bad. Um, let's see. Um, to be honest with you, Jim Hansen took my answer, and I and I'll tell you why. I would like to see Khalil Mack try to run down Barry Sanders. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That would I, be. <laughs> yeah, this. Yeah. this I mean, you 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 see the visual right? Twice this, a year, yeah. Yeah, mm-hmm. twice a year. Yeah, I would like to see Khalil Mack try to run down Barry Sanders. And you know what? I'll be honest with you. As soon as I closed my eyes and saw the visual, I saw an episode of Tom and Jerry. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I saw an episode wow. of Tom and damn Jerry. Tom would get so close, but Jerry would find a way to get the hell away from Tom. And two times out of the year, I'm like, look, that's worth the price of admission right there. Can, oh, yeah. can the big bear get the lion, the little lion in Barry Sanders? I don't think he could. We'll never know. It would have been great to see. Really great to see. So, yep. So, Beli picked the Braves um, pitching rotation of the 90s. Scotty D picked George Herman Ruth, also known as Babe Ruth. See, I bet they didn't even know I knew that. And I selected Barry Sanders simply because I would like to see him run circles around Khalil Mack. All right, Scotty D, what's the question for next week? Well, actually, I'm going to pose a question that we kind of talked about and we were going to use as our own topic this week but a lot went on so we didn't actually get to it but the nfl recently released their top 25 quarterbacks of all time it list is on nfl.com so check it out there's already been some debate by other players i, I i've seen on the internet so um i'm not going to ask you to give us their top 25 quarterbacks but how about top five let's see what your top five looks like compared to what the nfl says now i, I would i would preface this by saying a lot of our listeners probably weren't around watching Johnny Unitas play so go with the guys that you've seen I know yeah. Uncle Max is like 107 so he's probably <laughs> he'll pick somebody like Y.A. Tittle or oh, before Y.A. Tittle wow. what's, the, what's, uh, the, what's the flying Dutchman uh, Norm Van Brocklin Norm Van, yeah so <laughs> I know I'm sure Uncle Max will pick somebody that's that Sammy was, Ball that was that didn't play with face masks. And, uh, Uncle Max, I don't. And, and I'm sure we can guess some of these other guys. You know, Martin Tracy, he'll pick uh, Tom Brady and Drew Bledsoe and Matt Castle and Jesus. Wow. Pick Cam Newton and Deshaun Watson and Trevor Lawrence, even though he's not in the NFL yet. So it'll be all Clemson, Carolina guys. But let's just be objective here. Pick your five Ooh. best quarterbacks of all time. Let's see where that goes next week. I look forward to this one, Scotty. D, you are on one today. I see this. I'll tell you what. I, 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 I want to apologize on behalf of the, 
the same two-thirds of the Sports Bros podcast. Sometimes we don't endorse what Scotty D says. Uncle Max, we love you. I, we, I love we appreciate you, you Uncle Max. We really do. It was so a pleasure. It was a ple- it was a pleasure. Don't pay Scott no attention. It was a pleasure meeting you while we were down there in Myrtle Beach last month, and we look forward to seeing you again. And we thank you for tuning in to the Sports Bros Podcast. Give us a great big recommendation and telling everybody you know. The only difference we have, Uncle Max, is who we align ourselves with from a college football standpoint, but we can look past that. We can look past that. Oh, we can boy. look past that, okay? Well, look past what? As oh, far boy, here as, we go. As far as, as far as Gamecock fans are concerned, they're, Ala- they're Alabama fans through and through. You know what? Yeah, yeah I said you, it. You, you made a little left hand. You think I forgot a little left hand comment you made about <laughs> us um, um, just because Vanderbilt won, we won too. No, <laughs> no. We won our baseball national championships first. And then Vanderbilt decided they want to do something, okay? SEC, SEC. Oh, dear God, cut it out. Anyway. Q Scotty uh, Scotty D. (laughs) Scotty D, I'm looking for it any time now. Any (laughs) time. What do the roads lead to? All All roads lead to Dabo. Dabo. There we go. There we go. He might even make the top five NFL quarterback (laughs) next week. Just so he can say his name. Bring your own guts, baby. Dabble was a wide receiver, mind you. And Uncle Max, thank you because he did graduate from the University of Alabama. So we appreciate some good things come out of Alabama. We greatly appreciate it. Uncle Max is one of them. Yes. Yep. All right. And speaking of moving on and cutting up and everything, so yep, that's the uh, question for next week. Uh, Top five quarterbacks, like Scotty D said, pick somebody you saw before, okay? Okay, we haven't seen Norm Van Brocklin or, Sl- or Sling and Sammy Ball or Johnny Unitas for that matter. So get somebody we know. All right, they're great in their own right, but you know, be objective. Pick somebody that we know and you, you know, hey, you've seen before. All right, now to the entertaining portion of the show. Not like the, the show was entertaining, but here's another entertaining portion of the show: the penalty box. And before we get started, I'm just going to go ahead and say that Clint Hurdle was granted furlough. Recently, but guess who? But be live. Guess who found his way back into the penalty box? Golly, we 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 talked about it. We were we, tried. we were we were so close to getting Clint Hurl out of the penalty box, and then Scotty D, God. and then and then this happened, Scott. What <laughs> Scott, happened? Scott? You have the floor, sir. Oh my goodness, Pittsburgh Pirate fans, <laughs> this manager gone so bad. So, Clint Hurdle, last week I declared on this show that the Pirates were pretty much done. And then, you know what happened in the past week? They took three out of four against the Cubs and two out of three against the Brewers. So two, di- two division games. Two, two division teams. The, yeah. They were the division leaders. And after winning the first three games against the Cubs, largely due to the fact that Adam Frazier, second baseman, was nine for ten in those three games, he gives them the day off on the 4th of July. He's not playing him. The guy's batting 900 in the series, and he's on the bench. Got to get him some rest. He's like 20 years old. He doesn't need rest running from the dugout to second base every day. Let the guy play. You got the all-star break coming up. This is the kind of garbage I have to put up with on a daily basis with Clint Hurdle. He is back in the penalty box. So, oh, leading man. off is Clint Hurdle. Leading <laughs> off. Absolutely. We tried. We tried. 
Oh, Clint, Clint, we tried, buddy. We tried, we tried. I mean, Clint, we, we, we tried. But you, uh, you did it to yourself. Yeah. Two more weeks <laughs> in the box. Yeah, two, two more weeks in the box. I mean, the, the Pirates right now, it's at the halfway point of the season. Uh, they're still in contention for the division and the wild card. But, um, yeah, this is how you get in the penalty box by doing stupid stuff. So, Clint Hurdle, take a seat. It never got cold in the first place. For bitch, the player. It's bad. It went, it went nine out of ten. Come on. Hot. Uh, yeah. Hot. Scorching. Jesus. Yeah. But Claire, but Claire Hurdle, ah, you need some rest. Ten years ago, this kid was 14 years old, okay? <laughs> <laughs> okay? He don't need no rest. He's just getting started. All right. B-Live's favorite, James Dolan for doing nothing to improve a storied franchise. I'm going to just give this to B-Live. Because, you know, you know, you know, it's to the point now that I even doubt the fact that the New York Knickerbockers are a storied franchise. <gasps> Gasp. I'm just saying, like, yes, Madison Square Garden is just a beautiful place and all the venues and people go there. But you know what? Madison Square Garden is known more for concerts than it is for actual basketball. Yes, I said it. And now they managed to... After he says in March that he's going to pay top dollar for the talent and blah, blah, blah. You hesitate and don't offer the best player in the planet, Kevin Durant, a max deal. He wants to play in New York. What? Give that man a year off, pay him so you get the other three, possibly four possibly the rest of his career if you do right, but now you don't have that chance. You're not going to have that chance. And now you've set a precedent to anybody else in the league that why would anybody want to play for the Knicks at this point in time? James Dolan. And this is the same man that canceled the meeting with Kawhi. Canceled it. Just, I don't want to talk now. Just, yeah, you, you clearly, you, you don't want to build, rebuild a franchise. I say rebuild. I'm going to say build. Because I, I still, I mean, outside of Patrick Ewing, Charles Oakley, that you won't even allow in the building anymore, John mm, Starks, mm, mm, mm. what what really has the Knicks done? Anthony Mason, Latrell Spewell. Yeah, I mean, just mm. what, what what exactly have the Knicks done to be a storied franchise outside Alan of being, Houston? Oh, who else? Yeah, we just name, yeah, we just naming a few names, but you just. Like you've got the you got the Celtics, you got the Lakers, you've got the Bulls, the Heat, you got the um, San um, San Antonio Spurs. Yep. Now we're gonna throw in Golden State in there, but the Knicks aren't even part of that conversation. So story franchise, not so much. James Dolan, you're headed in the wrong direction with what could easily be the number one destination for a basketball player. The name behind it says enough because that's what it is. Who doesn't want to be in the lights of New York? Not anymore because of James Dolan. Penalty mm. box. Penalty box. I, and we're going to save the best for last. I'm, I'm going to switch around for a little bit. Uh, Raphael the doll for conducting a scratch and sniff test. A scratch and sniff test, I'm sorry, on Worldwide TV. He was... Picking boogers and digging for dingleberries. You're nasty. Just stop. <laughs> Cut it out. All right? And also goes out to Orenthal James Simpson, a.k.a. O.J. Simpson, for wilding out on Twitter saying that he's got some getting even to do and posting knife emojis. And I found out why he was posting knife emojis because he got punked 
by a troll account of all accounts, a freaking troll accounts. I'm gonna get you back. I'll dust you up, sucker. Yeah, if I did it, oh, you done it, Pooty. You done it. All right. And then we got Robert Kraft, just cause. And and I, I'm gonna say this. I'm gonna say this. I will formally announce today that this will be the last week that Robert Kraft is on our penalty box because because of James Dolan and one other franchise owner that I will allow the head of creative to mention a little bit later. We we've we got a lot of franchise owners. Robert Kraft, I'm going to give you just a little bit of credit for your six Super Bowl rings. Three of them still have an asterisk next to them because of Spy Gate, the Deflate Gate, and all other gates that you've got going on. Might as well call you Bill Gates, owner of Microsoft, with all the um, the gates that you've got <laughs> going on. But I think I will I will petition for you to be removed from the penalty box. So it's pending, but I would like to formally announce that on the podcast today. Scotty D, how you feel about Robert Kraft might might be granted release from the penalty box? It's time. It's time. Time to move on. Freshen it up. It's time. It's Vader. Time. 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 I'm sorry. Just, <laughs> just, just, just. It just had to happen. Yeah. Um, speaking of um, weaseling your way back into the box, I don't know how you escaped, but we got you back anyway. Paul Pierce for his blasphemous comments on his playoff predictions and comparison to D Wade. This ain't no way in hell. He's better than D Wade. Uh-uh. I'm, what I'm going to do about Paul Pierce is I'm hopefully. Hopefully, in the past like couple of weeks with um, free agent and everything, I'm gonna see if I can get some sound bites about um, with Paul Pierce. See if he might have said something halfway decent that makes some sense to see about see see about him. Yes, he needs to be back in the penalty box, but I'm 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 gonna do a thorough review of Paul Pierce, possibly because I just want fresh new material to keep him in the penalty box because I'm pretty sure he said something else stupid, but. That that's my thoughts. I'm just trying to figure out how the hell do you slip out. Um, <laughs> and of course, Scotty D's favorite band that he's the president of the fan club, Doris Burke and the Steeler Resolve. Yeah, Dor- this is gonna be it for Doris for the summer. This will be her last. She'll be getting out next week. She's, she's what the hell is going on? You guys are, are you guys getting soft on me? No, are you guys well, getting, no, oh, okay. no. They, they can't, can't leave them in forever. You know, we got to freshen it up, and, and she'll okay. find her way back in the fall when the NBA season starts. Again. <laughs> okay. I, have, I have full faith in her. So you, I, just, I'm just, I just don't want to talk about her anymore. <laughs> okay, because she loves her some you. Yeah, yeah. That's. I and I enjoy your rants about Doris Burke. Dang, we'll, we'll get back to it. Right? We'll, Trust me. I'm gonna find. I'm like I said. I'm. Gonna, I'll find. I'll find another sound bite. We'll keep going. We'll keep going with it. But um, one one last owner that we we have not talked about that is definitely in the penalty box from North Carolina, Michael Jeffrey Jordan for treaty. You know what? See James Dolan. That's all I got to say. Be live. I'm gonna just let you have that one. Um, see, here's the thing, Michael Jordan. Stop treating the Charlotte Hornets like your side piece. Like, hey, well, I want it. I want we we have the potential in one of the up and coming cities in the southeast. 
is growing, is growing to exponential potential. And yet, the greatest player that has possibly set foot in Charlotte outside of Kobe Bryant when we drafted him and then traded him for Vladi Divac. Thank you very much, by the way. (laughs) Um, But Campbell Walker... Max money paid a man again. Here's 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 what here's the fact of the matter that these owners are not wanting to pay these players max deals is not necessarily just for the player itself, but you set the precedent that you want to spend the money for top tier talent. Guess what that does? It attracts more top tier talent. But when you when you set your foot down as an owner, saying, "Oh, you know what, Kevin Durant, yeah, I don't feel like I don't want to take the risk. Campbell Walker, yeah, I don't want to pay him. Yeah, I don't know if he's worth a max deal." Are you kidding me? Why would anybody want to come play for the Knicks or the Hornets? See James Dolan. There you go. Come on, Michael Jordan. Yeah, he's supposed to be better than this. And um, I'm going to wind up this a little bit more. To our listeners, if you have any nominees for the penalty box, let us know, and we'll put them in there. Because, you know, we need we like, we like want to keep this penalty box fresh and entertaining and put people that deservedly belong in the penalty box. Towards the end of the show, but ain't the END yet. It is pepper, 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 hot-choo time. It is pepper, round of pepper. You know how it is. Three topics. Kind of sort of rapid fire style, quick in and out and in a hurry. And I'll go first. My first pepper point goes out to Mad Max himself, Max Scherzer. He was, he was mentioned earlier in the podcast, pitcher for the Washington Nationals. This week, he had a pretty good outing offensively and defensively. Max Scherzer struck out 10, recorded a stolen base effortlessly. Trust me, watch the video effortlessly. And he got one hit in his last start. So shout out for Mad Max for making it do what it do. Over to you, Scotty D. On the 4th of July, I ate one hot dog in 10 minutes. Joey Chestnut ate 71. He is the man. Joey Chestnut, once again, your Nathan's hot dog eating contest still got the mustard belt. Shout out to Joey Chestnut. Over to you, B-Live. All right. America's pastime, baseball, we love it. We love it. And so much to the point where these baseball players are getting paid more than they've ever been paid before, these mega contracts. Guess what? I want to update the world on these mega contracts that are out there. Mike Trout making $36 million this year, batting 301 with 28 home runs, 67 RBIs. That's a pretty good stat line. That's good. He's mm-hmm. up there. Manny Machado batting 266 with 20 home runs and 58 RBIs. Not bad, 20 home runs, you know. He's making $30 million this year. Bryce Harper, this is where it starts getting ugly, batting 263 with 16 Ooh. home runs, 62 RBIs. He's getting, he's, bat, he's getting some runs batted in, but at $26 million a year, 16 home runs, Eh, not so much, because in comparison with my Atlanta Braves, Ronald Acuna Jr., he's making $13 million this year, batting two ninety-two with 21 home runs and 53 RBIs. So he's making 
half of what you're making and producing way more than you. And then my youngster, Austin Riley, he's making $555,000 this year, batting 257 with the same 16 home runs as Bryce Harper and 41 runs batted in. And the reason why he doesn't have more RBIs is because he's batting, I think he's either 6th, 7th, or 8th, I think somewhere in the back end of the lineup, so he doesn't have as many um, chances to bring um, – um, bring batters in, but at five hundred fifty-five thousand, he's making. You're making almost forty times more, Bryce Harper than Austin Riley, and he's got the same amount of home runs, right around the same um, batting average. Yeah, fear the chop, baby. We know how to spend our money right, and that's why we're leading the um, NL East. Eddie, cool, have this ball. Ha ha, good, good, Bryce Harper. All right. My second pepper point goes out to Coco Golf as she's making waves at this year's Wilmington Tennis Championships as she defeats, she defeated Venus Williams in the first round. She's making waves. She is making waves. She has a lot going on. And I think she has a matchup today. I don't know her opponent, but she's trailing right now. But hopefully she pulls up from behind. But she's been on fire ever since. But it's always good to see some new blood, some new young, fresh blood, in the sport of tennis. Over to you, Scotty D. I like that one. All right. I'm coming into the season. If you would have told me that Miguel Andujar, Aaron Judge, John Carlos Stanton, Gary Sanchez, Luke Voigt, Aaron Hicks, all DD Gregorius, all hurt Yankees, and they would still be at the All-Star break, 57 and 31. I'd have been thrilled. But I think that at this point, I know it's early, you have to look at DJ LeMahieu the second baseman that the Yankees picked up from Colorado in the offseason, he's batting 336 with 12 home runs and 63 RBIs. Way better than Bryce Harper. Wow. I tell you, you have to consider this cat as, early, as one of the early favorites for the American League MVP because without uh, that kind of production, the Yankees, they probably would not be uh, – they, they definitely wouldn't be having the, the 57-31 record and the, the six-game lead in the AL East. So, shout out to DJ LeMahieu on All-Star Weekend, or All-Star Week. Over to you, B-Live. I'll, I'll give you that one as much as I detest the Yankees. I'll give you that one because stats, oh don't li- <laughs> stats don't lie. Stats don't lie. It's all right. It's all right. I'll give him that much. I'm going to actually piggyback a little bit off of Eddie Kuhl. Um, Corey Coco Golf, her um, opponent today is Simona Halep. Um, and the beautiful thing in the third round with her was the fact that she came from behind. She was down. Um, she lost the first um, lost the first set, but then came back from behind. I believe she was down four two in the second set, and came back from behind and in convincing fashion. And at fifteen years old, and like I was saying about um, the women in soccer, fifteen years old women's tennis is on the uprising thank you to the williams sisters and the torch being passed serena's still doing her thing of course venus i think that was a um torch passing to cory golf because that sport is also up and coming for um the young girls in the united states so i'm very thankful for that Corey, coco keep doing your thing keep on keeping on and of course, my final pepper point goes out to Jerry West, and he is a mastermind executive. Not only is he responsible for getting Kawhi Leonard and also trading for Paul George, 
listen to what he did. Listen to what he did. He signed Shaquille O'Neal. Then he traded for Kobe Bryant. And then when he traded for Kobe Bryant, that freed up Vlade Divac's contract for them to sign Shaq. And then, a lot of people don't know this, when he was the GM at Golden State, he stood up for Klay Thompson. He said, you know what? You want to trade Klay Thompson, the cold and snowy Minnesota for Kevin Love. And Jerry Weston said, look here, if you do it, I'm gone too. I quit. And Golden State said, no, 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 no. We'll keep him. Well, as they say, the rest is history. So big shout out to the mastermind executive, Michael Jordan, James Dolan, come sit under the learning tree of the logo, number 44, Jerry West. And y'all might learn how to run something besides the team budgeting in your mouth. So, yeah, big shout out to Jerry West. Over to you, Scotty D. Always like Jerry West. Oh, yeah. All right. Um, I'm going to stick one more time on our theme here of uh, All-Star Week. Um, in the conversation for National League MVP is Josh Bell of the Pittsburgh Pirates. Now, he's he's not going to track down Cody Bellinger or Christian Yelich. Those guys are the obvious favorites. But, man, what a great first half for Josh Bell. He has 27 home runs and 84 RBIs, which have already exceeded his production of all of last year. Wow. And, man, Pittsburgh Pirates need a star, man. They need something to rally around. And I'm hoping that Josh Bell can continue to be that rising star in Pittsburgh. He's a likable kid, and he plays hard, and he's and he's shown that he wants to improve just based on that big jump from last year to this year. So the hard work is paying off. And I hope by the time that y'all are listening to this, he will have won the – the home run derby on Monday night. So shout out to Josh Bell, man. Let's go Bucks. Yeah, hopefully Josh Bell can fill that void that was left by uh, Andrew McCutcheon. So your buckles need it, man. Your buckles really need it. Ain't no two ways about <laughs> that. Need a star. Yeah. And that is it for Pepper. And guess what? That is no, it. No, it isn't. What, no, what, what, what? You, you, I'm sorry. You're going to stop leaving me out of Pepper. No, that's it for Pepper. No, it is not. <laughs> no, it is not. You, I got to finish this off strong. All right, here we go. I think I just did. No, no, Josh Bell. Anyway, because you just want to be all. Talk mm-hmm. about soccer again. I'm going to just die. You're Ugh. going to then. You're going to die. I knew you, it. You're I going to it. die. Oh no, it's death yeah. on a podcast. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he died because you know what? Again, shout out to the women's World Cup team, and everybody knows about the story now about how the women get paid way less than the men. And guess what? I've done my fair share of research, and I am a businessman. It's, yes. always, it's always about revenue. What you bring in, that's what you can pay out. That's why the WNBA players don't make anywhere near what the men play, because guess what? The men bring in money. But guess what? The women's World Cup team, the women's national team, has eclipsed the men's national team in the revenue. Rocco Reggie. <laughs> they bring in more money than the men do. Jersey sales, ticket sales, et cetera, et cetera, across the board. The women bring in more money than the men. So guess what? Pay them and pay them now. They deserve it. Back to back World <laughs> Cup champions. <laughs> Pam, Scotty, I don't even want to know or ask why the hell you laugh. 
You're making me miss Doris Burke. That's why. You oh, you hush your face. And and with that being said, that wraps up another edition of the Sports Bros Podcast. Before Scott lose, before Scott lose his rabbit ass mind, where can they find you, Scotty D? Find me at Beast Ninja in Myrtle Beach. Beast Ninja Horse Training. Yeah, Beast Ninja, Myrtle Beach. Uh, you, we got some footage on the Facebook like page of Marquise Goodwin of the San Francisco 49ers up in there making it do what he do. Man, to check out the place next time I um, I come into town, Scotty D. Absolutely. All right, oh, no doubt. Be live. Where can they catch you? Well, they can find me on the roads that lead to Dabo. Oh, boy. <laughs> yes, sir. <laughs> they can find me at Max Speed Shop, 482 North McPherson Church Road. I am the bar manager there, keeping all the libations and beers flowing up in there. All of your major sporting events, you can find me there. Also, on our social media platforms, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram. This be your boy, be live, no I, T-H-S-B-E-Y-A-B-O-Y-B-L-I-V-E. You can also find us, the Sports Bros Podcast, on Twitter and Instagram. Twitter will be Sports Bros PCast, and Instagram will be Sports Bros Podcast. And we're working on our YouTube channel, Sports Bros Podcast, and all of our wonderful and amazing news comes from our Facebook like page at Sports Bros Podcast. So, man, check us out. We're growing each and every day. Man, check me out on Wednesdays. I'm coming up on episode number 20. 20! 2-0, y'all. Of What Happened Wednesdays. Wednesdays. I'm excited, and I'm telling you, every week I'm coming with it. I especially enjoyed this last one featuring my beloved Clemson Tigers. Oh, here we go, Scott. (laughs) Thanks. Shout out to my mom for the beautiful pillows that she made for me. And unfortunately, the pillows that she made for my two best friends that are lame cock fans. Thank you, Mom. We love you. We appreciate you so, so much. On behalf of me and JR and your boy, old boy over here, be live. We want to (laughs) say thank you and we love you. All right, and you can find me the HOC up in this thing. Any cool, you can find me on Facebook. You can also find me at work, not sweating to death. No, I'm joking. Um, you can find me on Instagram as well, too. Uh, cool season, all one word. Snapchat, super cool 5000. Uh, Twitter at the real Eddie Cool, also the Sports Bros PCAST on Twitter, and also on the Sports Bros like page on Facebook. You know how to reach us, so make it happen, man. Get in contact with us. Uh, feedback is always appreciated. And before we go, we got an announcement about a fantasy football league. Somebody wanted to make? Oh, yes. Oh, yes. So we are, we are in the works of the first annual. Sports Bros Podcast Fantasy League. We are going to merge together with the cool football league That's made me. by yours truly, the head of creative, and bringing to bringing it back after a one year hiatus, the three time KFL <laughs> Fantasy <laughs> Football <laughs> Champion, your boy. Be live, and his team is all the way live. Oh boy, here we go! It's all the way live. Hey, get with us, contact us, let us know if you want to be in the SBP. 
PL, the Sports Bros Podcast League, baby. Let's yep. get it. That's right. It's going to be great to see Scotty D and B Live just beat up on each other on a weekly basis while I just slide my way to the championship. The championship yes. that you've never won in your own league. You know what? That way you can't say my league. <laughs> Let me tell you something. When a creator of a league does not win the championship of his own league, that is nothing but fairness, okay? I check and balance myself to make sure you guys can enjoy a fun environment so everybody can have a chance to win. Now, if I win in four or five years in a row, yes, you can smell the cockadooke and stanky stanky from a mile away, but I digress. I'm going to calm down. It's, it's that time of year, and we're getting excited. And with that being said, this is another episode of the Sports Bros Podcast. And in closing, do something nice for yourself. And if you can, do something nice for someone else. They'll greatly appreciate it. This is the Sports Bros Podcast. Yes, sir.